You're listening to Around the King's Table, a podcast of the Mount Church in Clemson, South Carolina, with Pastor George Marshall and Pastor Brian Mann. Pull up a chair and listen in as they seek to serve up biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. All right. Well, welcome to this episode of Around the King's Table. I'm Brian. And I'm George. On this episode, we want to continue the theme we began in our last discussion on a Christian response to tragedy. Uh, However, whereas last time we tried to address when tragedy strikes without, like out there in the world, Mm -hmm. uh, today we want to try and address when tragedy strikes within. Yeah. What we mean by within is the broader family of God. And more specifically, to reports of spiritual and sexual abuse within the largest evangelical denomination. I think it's in the world. I think so. The Southern Baptist Convention. So uh, a few disclaimers to start. Um, One, the accusations in the report uh, do remain to some degree alleged and not concretely proven. Right. Two, uh, there is a guilty till proven innocent element to the report that I think we'd want to oppose. Sure. As a matter of biblical impartiality. Yep. And yet still three, where there's smoke and actual evidence of heartbreaking abuses, it needs to be addressed head on for the wickedness that it is. Yeah. Now, if you're unaware of what I'm talking about, the brief synopsis is this. About a year ago, an investigation was commissioned looking into the cover up of accusations related to spiritual and or sexual abuse by a handful of relatively prominent ministers and officials within the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm -hmm. Uh, That investigation has yielded the report I've already mentioned, concluding that there is, in fact, evidence of said abuses and a grave miscarriage of justice in the handling of them by those in the most immediate positions to do so. And so, here we are. George, um, any word at first on biblical jurisprudence and just giving the benefit of the doubt? I mentioned it just a moment ago in terms of Again, some a little bit of what that report includes, or just sort of the, uh, the the feel of it is guilty till proven innocent. Yeah, help us think through yeah. that a little bit. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you get into the ideas of we need to be going and and seeking not just condemnation. That's our. I mean, the world's first thing is if there is guilt, condemn and punish. Mm -hmm. Um, And a a Christian is, that's just not our behavior. That's not our worldview about how to deal with sin. Our, 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 our worldview is where sin go confront a brother Mm -hmm. and then see if you can find repentance there. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. as you have allegations rather than just, well, that's it. I've, I've heard enough. And that person, I'm, you take him off my bookshelf, not ever listening to them again, reject the Southern Baptist convention without second thought. Mm. Um, we need to go to people and actually see, you know, Hey, will you confess? Will you repent? Mm. Um, and that's a better place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, local congregations are going to have to be, you know, looking at that information of, are we repenting of sin? Um, rather than just, well, my witness is being affected, so I'm going to reject the Southern Baptist Convention, regardless of whether or not it's accurate. Simply the the taint, the the, the smoke, as you said. Mm-hmm. You know, if we just jump on a bandwagon, 
we probably won't get where we're actually going. We won't deal with whether or not we won't address sin in our own communities and, and we won't take it to heart as something personal that we need yep. to be careful about. Right. Um, we'll just keep it outside. Yeah. Yep. And I do think that as, as uh, the last couple of weeks have gone along, <clears throat> you do have um, some of the folks who have been named in that report, uh, the evidence has come out. Uh, and, and so it's been verified. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is real guilt there. And so we want to acknowledge Acknowledge that. Oh, yeah, um, sure. At the same time, it also seems like there have been some people named in that report where they were just named. Right. And there hasn't been a whole lot of evidence. Um, and so to substantiate uh, the accusations. And so we just want to be careful there. We don't want, again, to be like our culture, which is so quick, like you said, to any kind of smoke it's it they're guilty there there's condemnation and shame and all these kinds of things and i think we want to as christians again be a little bit more deliberate yeah in how we are viewing and reviewing uh reports of of this especially of this nature Hmm. uh and, and i think biblically too again it seems whether we're talking about mosaic law or or whatever the prudential thing that God seems to have revealed to us is a process uh, by which we are able to gather witnesses. evidence and witnesses and testimonies and all this kind of yeah, thing absolutely. before we, um, you know, uh, condemn yeah. someone as guilty. Hence statements like where mm-hmm. two or more gather, three or more. Yeah. That's right. Even in church discipline yeah. kinds of things. There's That's witnesses. right. Yeah. yeah. So given then, given the truthfulness of the report, uh, can you give us any general biblical guidance on how to react to such tragedies? And I mean, cases of spiritual, again and again, sexual abuse, mainly of women and children, by ministers of the gospel. Mm. So can you give us any um, just guidance on how to think about that? Well, as we said in our, our, our last one, I mean, a, a place to start is going to be prayer yeah. um, for those affected. Um, I said weep. That was my first, my first thing was to, there you go to weep. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, gosh, it's just By ministers of the gospel. Again, we're not talking about, I mean, just some kind of obviously evil, wicked well, it's person. Just so it's just so disheartening that, I mean, basically you have people that, you know, you, you might even be looking up to as examples yeah. of gospel witness, yeah. but their lives are just not matching or didn't match in the past. Maybe they've dealt with it, but they just kept it under the hood. You know, they didn't yeah, want right. it to be seen. There's just a, a tear there. And it just, I mean, we need to constantly be actually, it, it makes me want to reflect on, you know, am I being forthright? Yeah. addressing his sin short account with mm-hmm. you know my wife my children my church yeah all of that because yeah, yeah sin is so deceptive mm-hmm. um, in our own lives but um, then also I mean if if we have uh, ministers even if they're doing uh, just because you preach well yeah just because you're really a gifted speaker and presenter and everybody just loves your, your jokes or they love, you know, the way you're direct or, or maybe the way you're soft spoken, whatever it is, if that's not backed out, backed back by model Christian life, yeah, it has to be addressed. I mean, we can't say, you know, yeah, well, that was, you know, 
we can't even say that was you know, 20, 10 years ago, whatever. Yeah. We have to be able to say uh, there are real consequences for sin. Yep. Um, where it's unrepentant, of course, if that's, you know, if it's just, gosh, I mean, we start talking really then at, at discipline, you know, is, mm-hmm. you know, you can't continue in this. You've, you've kind of, you've messed the witness of the body of Christ in doing this. And there are real ramifications to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want it's, it's similar to me, uh, in the way that, People outside of the church will, uh, one of the ways they immediately put off Christ, gospel, church, whatever, uh, Christianity is to say, well, the, the church is full of a bunch of hypocrites. And, right. and, and the initial re- reaction to that from someone on the inside, we want to go, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. But we also go, well, yeah, yeah. Like there's a sense in which we have to own. We have to own it. We have to own and admit uh, that we are not glorified people uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, we are. We're not. We're not. This is not an overrealized eschatology. We're still mm-hmm. in the midst of a sinful world, mm-hmm. and we're prone to sin ourselves. That's right. Yeah. So, and we we all need this. Is how we typically. I'll start when I welcome folks into our corporate worship gathering. It's we all come as sinners. We are, we all need this truth and all need this grace of Jesus. He mm-hmm. is the savior of sinners. It's not like we're a bunch of righteous people over here. And then there's a bunch of unrighteous people over here. Right. A- absolutely. Yeah. Christ is our righteousness, both legal and practical. And so, um, I just, uh, I think we need to own that. We need to, in the same vein, Trust God to defend His own honor. Um, yeah, to do the kind of whatever damage control needs to be done, that that the Lord will take care of that. He He knows His own. Yeah, and uh, He'll take care of that. I say we try to posture for the best, like evangelical face, or uh, not evangelical mm-hmm. political, but yeah. evangelism face. We're like, yeah. So the, the, there's this tension between, well, if I report sin, yep. then I will affect the witness of the church. But if I don't report sin. Mm-hmm. We get in this tug of war, and rather yeah. than deal in categories of truth, right. what is true, what is yep. holy and pure, yep. we do it as more face, and that's the unfortunate. Well, that that is and that's the a major element of the this. major element yeah. of this report is not just that you have these these ministers committing these crimes that you have covering you up, have covering up for the sake of the reputation of an organization or an institution right. a convention and uh and so that's where we have become dissonant yeah with the word of god yeah the convention itself becoming almost an idol rather than mm-hmm. a, a tool yeah to support evangelism yeah it's become the evangelism yeah. itself almost the the, the thing mm-hmm. itself yes uh the, a couple other things here quickly uh we'll get yeah, yeah to more of this down below but but we have to recover the nobility of the task of an overseer pastor shepherd yeah, absolutely whatever we'll talk more about that in just a second uh, one thing, and I was really encouraged in this from our time at Together for the Gospel, uh, listening to John Piper's sermon, mm-hmm. uh, is that we as as pastors and preachers and teachers in the church, in our in our emphasis on the gospel of grace, also have to preach 
that that gospel, that grace motivates, has that Christ by his blood has actually bought holiness yep. of life. Yep, absolutely. He shed his blood and bought our holiness. Mm-hmm. He bought our holiness of action, our holiness in speech, our holiness in motive, our holiness in all these things. All of it. Our, our holiness, he bought it. And so we have to begin to recover and reclaim that. There's such a focus on grace, but 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 it's a um, it's a focus that I think when it reaches down to the pew, and maybe even from the pulpit, is one that just just a rate. We're all forgiven. Right. We're all. It's way more know, about what we talked about last time. You know, self-esteem yep. comes into it, and so we receive grace as more of a "you're okay," even yeah. though you sin. You're okay. Just. Yeah. God loves you and, mm-hmm. and kind of stopping there and not requiring then, okay, God loves me and has died for me. Therefore I shall yeah. do X, Y, and Z to reflect his holiness and purity. Yeah. Yeah. The kickback against fundamentalism can, can be licentiousness. Right. Exactly. We use grace as a license for sin and that has to get out of our, our churches uh, this focus on, yes, we are pardoned full and free by the grace of Christ. And at the same time, his death on the cross, that grace has regenerated our hearts. It, 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 we've been indwelled by the Holy Spirit uh, to to walk with Christ, to follow Jesus, to be really holy, increasingly, progressively holy right. people. Correct. Grace motivates that, has bought that. So anyway, okay. And then there's a whole, I mean, there's a whole corporate aspect of that, that it's not just us alone individuals and the purity of living. It's really that lived in community that is the gospel witness. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Uh, just reflecting who are, where our identity, where we find it. Do we find it in our families or in our own, in our jobs or whatever? Or do we find it in mm-hmm. our connection to Christ's community? Right. Obviously, uh, before we move into the, the next little question here is when we, as we've heard of this and we, we are made aware of this, uh, we, we simply have to do all we can to protect the most vulnerable people in our midst. Absolutely. Women, children, whoever. Uh, but there has to be an emphasis in the church, just like there is in the gospel, of protecting the most vulnerable people mm-hmm. uh, in our congregations. Yeah. So... We'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a second. So uh, we'll move on. Any words of wisdom for Southern Baptists, for the convention, on how to think about the denomination, denominations in general, maybe even just Christianity yeah, on I mean, the whole in this cultural moment? I mean, it is, it is difficult. You have, you know, we're not alone in dealing with some of this. Um you know, obviously the, the Catholic church has been reeling from this. Civic organizations have been reeling from this, not even churches. Yeah. Um, Southern Baptist Convention is maybe unique, maybe not so unique, but unique in that we, we are a looser coalition than many denominations are. Yeah. That, that complicates the problem because um, we just have a sense of autonomy, autonomy in our congregations. That means I don't actually report to anyone. Um, we can use that as an excuse for saying that's not me and maybe try to push back on it and say, I'm not, that's not really my problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm free to actually just say, well, away with them, then I'll do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's maybe unfortunate. Um, definitely as Southern Baptist churches, there, there probably needs to be some way in which we consider ourselves actually Southern Baptist and actually committed to one another um, in addressing the problem, not only gaining the benefits of, say, the cooperative program and missions and, and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, there's a, a sense in which we have to probably, you know, while we are autonomous, commit to one another in ways that we currently maybe don't. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're going to call ourselves Southern Baptist and say it's actually a denomination mm-hmm. more than just a loose association. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's going to require us to yeah, actually commit in certain ways, like how we're going to make sure our, we're, we're you know, securing nursery, for instance, you know, very low level tactical things, yep. how we go about doing that um, so that we can, as a con- as a convention say, you know, we are, we're taking that seriously. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I would just say to, to this point, um, and we'll move along that we are of course, admittedly flawed. Yeah. And at the same time, it is not a failed experiment, no. neither, neither denominational venture yeah. or, um, uh, Christianity, obviously. I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Uh, it's it's never going to be a failed experiment. It's going to win. Christ is going to win uh, in the end. Um, and so, I want to some some of the again social media reaction to this has been from from people who were diehard Southern Baptists uh, for all their lives previously have gone well, baby, out with the bathwater. Uh, for sure kind of thing yeah and so yeah absolutely the responses have been all all over the place i've seen you know good responses that are just you know they they reflect that weeping that that Mm -hmm. contrition for what's being seen Mm -hmm. um and yeah others that are just you know nope they're dead to me well it's almost like you almost like in switching denominations or whatever it may be for any of, for this reason, I'm not talking about like convictional uh, doctrinal kinds of things, but for, for this reason, it's like, we're, we're going to get away from that by going over here. Right. And you're you're not any place where you get, I mean, I'm not, not, not to say I'm not trying to lighten it or make it not serious, but ultimately this is a, uh, it's a sin problem. That's right. Any large organization, any small organization is going to potentially deal with this. It's going to mm-hmm. have to address it. Um, it. It isn't even about churches. Mm-hmm. That obviously, for a world that is looking to find Christianity to not represent yeah. God well, there, every time a church you know is involved, whether a denomination or, or an individual body, they they, they see it and they're going to call it out. Um, but but we're not alone. I mean, yeah. civic organizations, political parties, whole entire governments, they're dealing with the same same things. Yeah. We're going to get a lot of press on yeah. this because it is serious and we should take it seriously. That's right. Um, so. That's right. And, and denominations exist because we believe things. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to... But, Pulling resources is not the only, but we're trying to 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 be united around something. Yeah, we're not a creedal body, um, but we are a convictional one, and and so I think some people may again may run away from conviction, conviction, Mm -hmm. conviction, because obviously this isn't working. I don't think the call here is to be less convictional. No, I think it's to be more and truly, yet more and truly convictional. Yeah. 
to, to have the, the, the convictions yeah. max, match the actions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's exactly a call for right. greater purity, not mm-hmm. running away to just say, this is what I believe elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Any biblical text that immediately came to mind in dealing with abuse uh, in, the, in the local church? Yeah. I mean, the immediate thing that comes to mind is Acts 20, 29. Um, basically Paul says, you know, there, I know that there are going to be wolves among yourselves, Hmm. um, who are going to, you know, basically just preach for themselves who are going to pervert the words of the gospel ultimately. And and wolves are predators. Oh, absolutely. They are predatory. Yeah. This is, this is not just bad people who teach the wrong thing. This is people who are going to prey upon the church, um, from a position of power. Yeah. Yeah. So that's mm. a, that's a hard one, but I think a helpful one. Mm. And then, mm. I mean, off of that comes obviously Old Testament Ezekiel thirty four. Um, God's harsh words against the shepherds who yep. are basically feeding off the people yep. and his. You know, that's not going to be allowed anymore. This is just not behavior my shepherds yeah. will be engaged in. Um, I myself will defend um, those you've been feeding on and hurting. Yeah. Um, so that's I, I think helpful as we address it. Uh, you know, are we the shepherds under condemnation or are we the shepherds who um, he would commend? Yeah. Um, so it's a good word. That's that's pretty helpful. I, I think, you know, as we deal with how to address the sin that has happened, we'll, we'll of course, have to deal with all of our all the passages on church discipline. So we're going to deal with Matthew 18. You know, is this something that we're going to go one to one with a brother and then bring it up the chain? Or is this a first Corinthians five? No, 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 no expel them it's done you can see it it needs to just happen Mm -hmm. um and churches are going to have to actually take that seriously um we can't just say well you know there were you know things or circumstances and we're just it was in the past and we're not going to deal with it now Um, some of this is going to require you know actually taking scripture to to heart and actually treating it as the serious matter that it is um, and then at the same time, I, I think we need to pay attention to something more like first Corinthians six. So where we, you know, deal with, um, who do we trust to judge? Do we always go to the world to judge things? And I'm not saying it's, uh, 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 hear me. I'm not saying it's, you know, like a, it's wrong to sink, to seek justice through like the criminal our, our national governmental right. systems. Yep. Um, but there's a real sense in which the church should be responsible to judge inside of its members. Its own system of justice. Yeah. I mean, he's specifically yeah. talking about lawsuits. So maybe think less criminal and more, you know, complaints yeah. or, 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 you know, uh, sort of more social and dynamic issues. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, we'll have to take that into account. How do we, mm-hmm. how do we prosecute this stuff? Is it something that we do in house? Is it something that we do um, through the court system? Um, how do we respond when Christians take it to the court system when we think they should have, you know, addressed it in house or, or taking it, taking it to the denomination, whatever, that, that sort of thing, I think is something we have to, to address as Christians because we, we have a worldview and, a, and a, a view of how the church is meant to behave under Christ's authority that is different from the world. Hmm. So that's all really good, brother. Um, the, the only thing that I would, um, Add to that is we've been preaching through John 10. Uh, we've been seeing Jesus as the good shepherd. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things there is the congregation of Israel does not recognize good shepherding. No. Um, and so that's right. And I just don't know. 
there has to be a recovery of of practical shepherding, good practical shepherding in the church. Again, we'll talk about that in just a second here, a little bit more maybe. Uh, but 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 the one thing that really uh, stuck out to me towards the end of um, the 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 first twenty one or so verses of, of chapter ten, I believe it was like verses seventeen, eighteen, right around there. But it's that Jesus has authority mm-hmm. from the Father. Um, it's not so he's not he doesn't have. It's not that he doesn't have authority. It, he has authority. Mm-hmm. But it's how he uses his authority. Right. And that's supposed to be a model for right. all of his under shepherds. Right. He uses his authority in submission to the Father, mm-hmm. in obedience to the Father for the good, for the life of his sheep. Mm-hmm. And the more distant we are from Jesus, the more prone we're going to be to abuse authority. Yeah. A real authority that we that, that pastors do have. Uh, and so, again, the, yeah. uh, the under-shepherds of Israel had gone completely astray. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Ezekiel 34, but they were abusing and bullying and fleecing and all these things yeah. because they did not know Christ. Yeah. So the, no, the further you are away from him, the more prone you're going to be to those abuses. Whereas the nearer you are to him, and I'm not, again, we have to make a distinction between knowledge and knowing. Mm. You can have all kinds of knowledge about Jesus, but if you don't know Jesus, if you're not walking with him heart and yeah. heart, hand in hand, day by day, Right there's a nearness to Jesus that should wear off on us mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the uh, use of our God-given, gracious pastoral authority. Well, there's going to be self-sacrifice, yeah. not self-exaltation. I mean, talking sense. John ten, I mean, we see twenty-two through thirty a focus on his voice and people responding yep. to his voice. So you know, as shepherds, we think you know uh, how do my words come across? Is are they being received? Are we responding to those words? Um, but he doesn't end it there. He goes on to action. So that whole 31 to 42, the end of chapter 10, the focus is really then on, okay, you've rejected my words, but then can't you at least pay attention to the model, the, 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 mm-hmm. the, the things I've done, my works. Yep. And I, I think that's, you know, as we think about our role as under shepherds, we both speak and we are supposed to be modeling yeah. behavior. Wordsmith, workman. He was Ex- both exactly. He was both of those things. And yeah. so we are to be both of those things as we yep. follow him. Um, yeah. That's what our authority looks like. Our authority looks like teaching and modeling <laughs> what God says and modeling what mm-hmm. he's told us to model. Yep. Okay. Uh, what should be our response at the local church level? Or maybe I can just ask it this way. What's the warning for us in this? Mm-hmm. And how can we put up guardrails to prevent this from happening? Uh, I think it comes in having, um, I mean, we, we, we do actually have to pay attention when we put, you know, a teacher in place, yep. um, whether that be at the elder level or whether it be at, you know, Sunday school level, nursery care. Um, we actually do have to do our due diligence to yep. vet them. We can't just go, okay, you, you've been baptized, put you in there. Um, there's just so many things in this world that can be covered up, that, that mm-hmm. sin can be hidden, um, that we have to, we have to be diligent as yeah. elders and, and leaders in the church. Um, to make mm-hmm. sure we are protecting children. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we do actually need to commit to counseling and not just do preaching. Um, a preacher who spends all of their time preaching and doesn't have time for counseling, expects somebody else to do it, hmm. um, is probably going to fail the women, especially um, in a local congregation. Um, we need to actually commit to counseling as pastors. Uh, we're not just trained speakers. We're, we're not just presenters. That's an important part of what we do. It's an important part of our yeah. calling. Uh, but knowing how to bring biblical wisdom into broken lives is a major component of our calling. It's the other six days of the week, if you yeah. want to put it that way, um, that we need to be engaged in. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, making that a priority, doing what we can to be prepared. Yeah. Um, whether that involves reading, whether that involves, you know, watching, you know, doing, I don't know, secondary, whatever it takes, um, we need to kind of commit to mm -hmm. being able to minister to the body itself. Yeah. Um, and then I think a major element of this for, for pastors is just finding those people around us who we are going to commit to regular accountability yep. with, whether that's inside the church or without the church, without outside the church is what I mean. Um, yep. We need to have those people who are going to be able to confront us when we're yeah. doing something that we shouldn't be or we're heading in a, in a wrong direction. Um, but also that can encourage us towards purity and holiness and those things. So they're not just a, they're not a judge. They're also not a cheerleader. They're, they're actual accountability brothers. Yeah. Um, that's right. I think that's important. Yeah. It, to me is absolutely a call to a biblical plurality of oh, absolutely. elders. Yeah. And not your buddies necessarily. In other words, the qualification for them to be elders is not that they're your buds. They're in that is the problem. <laughs> the, the, the problem here is, you know, I mean, we, we want to we like, like each other. Well, so, I, I like I'm yeah, saying, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, the problem in this whole thing is that those guys are buddies. So that like they were covering for one another at one yeah. level. And instead of holding each other accountable and doing the right thing, like calling the police. Like, I, so, I mean, when you have accusations of, of sexual misconduct, predatory behavior, rape, these kinds of things, and you don't, you, your, your friendship overrides faithfulness, yeah. that's no good. Yeah. And so we have to have a plurality of elders in the church who are not going to let friendship override faithfulness yeah. to Christ or to that person's soul or to the suffer the victims of that kind or, of abuse the reputation of the local church. Yeah. If, if, yep. if a pastor, a leader, uh, somebody in ministry is found to have been engaging in, you know, spiritual abuse and, or in, in sexual abuse and we don't confront it because we're yep. worried about the reputation of the church. You know what? <laughs> yeah. We've kind of, We've, we've at that point sacrificed ministry. Mm -hmm. um, ultimately, it'd probably be, it, it would be better just to confront, get it addressed, and pray for God to, to, to work and continue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think to um, maybe counterintuitively a little bit here, uh, we have to, in, in ministering to, to women and children and in providing for them the safest possible place for them to gather to do life, to worship, to, to do all these things. 
uh, as part of a local church, we actually have to minister well to men. <laughs> Absolutely. Like we have to get to a place where we are developing, cultivating biblical masculinity in the church. That is where, Confront again, sort of counterintuitively. It's not counterintuitive. <laughs> it really isn't. I mean, right. it, well, it, I should think, make, it should make sense, right? Yeah. If, if you want to, you know, stop sexual abuse down the road, you need to confront men early on with biblical truth about how do I act on honorably, you know, faithfully to those I'm yes. dating, yeah. those I want to marry. What's my role to that person? Being intoxicated um, with your wife and, and her love. Yeah. And, and care. Yes. Uh, so where, where there's a toxic masculinity in the church, it is, it is going to be a wilderness for women and children. Yeah. Where there's a biblical masculinity in the church, it's going to be a haven. They're going to be happy women. Absolutely. And they're going to be thriving children. And that has to be part of our, our ministry in the local church mm-hmm. is to cultivate biblical, exactly. biblical, strong male leadership yeah. in the church. Um, I just think no, that's, no small that's task. crucial. <laughs> yeah, no small task, but 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 well worth it. Yeah. And um, so the only other thing, again, here, I, we have to... At the, at the church level, the congregational level, I just think we have to get rid of this enabling pastors. Yeah. Um, exalting them as gods yeah. in the midst of the church. Yeah. Uh, this well, is just so prevalent. Everything of them as well. This whole like, so there's there's that side of it too. Yeah, I mean they're going to crack. You, you yeah. put enough strain on anybody, they will crack. I need you to be omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. I need you to be everywhere, Absolutely. know everything, and all this kind of stuff. That's not an excuse. No, it's not. No, but it is. It is a reality. Yeah. And um, but then on the other side of it, it, there is that like pastor worship and all this kind of stuff where they get they think that they are above. Mm-hmm. The law. They think they're above both governmental law, but also gods. Yeah, they, they begin, it's becomes it becomes the idol that they. You know, yep. So that's where they're worshiping. Yeah, we want to both humble and encourage our pastors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, we, if we want to put it that way, uh, we also have to be making our congregation aware. Listen, the the cultural Christianity experiment is done. Yeah, done. Like it's yeah. it's not going to work. We, we have to get back to biblical Christianity, preaching the Bible. We're about to move into, into this right here. You're hitting right where I'm going with that. Too. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, so here we go. What's the takeaway from your vantage point for pastors, pastoral ministry, Christians, the local church? If you had a clarion call, yeah, what would it be? Yeah, it's, it's the word. Reject our idols. Call others to do the same. Preach, read, sing, pray the word. I mean, we need to be word focused and we need to call the body to be word focused. Um, we can't focus on the buzzword. We can't focus on family. We can't focus on happiness or fulfillment or these other things as insofar as they distract us from the word and the word preached and sung and taught and prayed. And as, as insofar as they do, they are idols. They're, they're, they're pulling us away from Christ himself. Um, and, yeah, they become our, our things to say, you know, this is, I'm doing a good job hmm. while completely rejecting Christ, ultimately. Like, just saying, you know, he that was great for Paul. 
that was great for the early church, but we live now and we know better. And what we'll do it is a really good family ministry. What we'll do it is a really good youth worship service um, that gets, you know, I don't know, it just, it, avoiding the word doesn't get us where we want to go. Um, which more word, a, not yeah. less. More word, not less. And I, I think that's a, a it's such a crazy thing to, to have to say. So often, it's <laughs> such a crazy thing to have to say yeah. to a local church. More Bible, like, but but it's like more Bible, more Bible. Yeah, more right. Uh, when we when we first showed up this morning, I, I mentioned that uh, we both mentioned that we had not gone to bed till about two o'clock in the morning <laughs> for different reasons. For different reasons. Um, but the, but the reason that I did not fall asleep till two o'clock in the morning, I actually got into the bed about 1245. I had been up um, going through the, the social media, the Twitter stuff, you know, just trying to figure out like what all has happened at the, the so the annual meeting for the Southern Baptist Convention is happening right now or has happened over the past uh, this this week. And and so all the elections and all this kind of stuff. But one of the things that got brought um, up at the convention was what is a pastor? Like there was a, 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 a motion to to have the, the convention look into what is a pastor. And uh, even though it's expressly stated in the Baptist Faith and Message sure. 2000 and all this kind of thing. And the idea is because Rick Warren, he had he has um, brought women into the pastorate. We'll just be playing with that. He's brought women into the pastorate. Mm-hmm. And uh, his his argument is that that biblical requirement that it be a, a man only is only for the senior or lead pastor. That's that was the argument that was put out, and and now you have people within the convention we who think are have mentioned a senior <laughs> right have have hopped onto that and said so long as um, they're not the senior pastor, then women can serve as pastors, elders, overseers, shepherds in the church. And that's, that is, that is a real thing that's happening in the SBC right now. I don't know how much traction it's going to get. I don't know how large the, you know, the, the group of people uh, are within that, um, you know, that, that kind of opinion. It is not biblical. Okay. So let's just go ahead and and say that. But the fact (laughs) that that, that, the fact that that has been brought up at the Southern Baptist convention is monumental. Yeah. Uh, we don't know two weeks ago in John 10, I, I, the, my first words of that sermon were something to the effect of what makes for a good shepherd. Mm -hmm. Israel did not know. Do we know? Does the church know what a good shepherd is anymore? And right here in the SBC annual meeting, there's all kinds of brouhaha about what is a pastor. Let's look into what is a pastor. We don't know what a pastor is anymore. As, as if the answer to abuse and sexual scandal is let's redefine terms. I mean, the, the, no, that's exactly that's what's not happening. The answer. <laughs> but that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, and it's like uh, so. Here's my thing. We have to. I said it earlier. We have to recover. The nobility of the pastoral task as laid out in scripture, Mm. period. This kind of stuff, this, the sexual abuse, spiritual abuse covered over arises from a a good old boy kind of pastorate. Mm. Yeah. Pastoral mentality 
where cultural Christianity has been allowed to thrive, we have to be able to repent of that. I'm, I'm saying we need to repent of that and come back to a biblical pastorate, biblical Christianity. Judgment begins at the household of God. Right. So listen, if you're if you're one of our members of our church, go back to First Peter. Go back to First Peter. Listen to those Absolutely. couple of sermons there in First Peter four, going into First Peter five. In that passage in First Peter four, uh, I believe it's uh, verse starting around verse nineteen or so, going into five, where he begins to talk about under shepherds in the church. He begins earlier at the end of four by saying judgment begins at the household of God. And then he goes immediately to the elders of the church. Well, that's coming from a place in Ezekiel. I believe it's Ezekiel chapter nine, Mm. where judgment has begun for Israel. And the the place where it begins is not with the congregation of Israel. It's not with the assembly of Israel. It's with the elders of that people. Yeah. So, Elders in the life of the church are responsible for making sure that the church is ready mm-hmm. for that day. Yeah. It begins with us. Okay. So those are those, those, those two things. Biblical pastoral ministry, mm-hmm. biblical Christianity. They go hand in hand. Sure. And that has to be we got to get away from the the, the the professionalization of the pulpit. Right. That, and that get back to practical shepherding. Yeah. Treating it as a, a job. This is my, you know, this is a major element of both the congregation's misunderstanding of our role. Absolutely. And our own misunderstanding of what we're doing. Yes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So that would be my clarion call would be John Piper's book. Brothers, we are not professionals. Mm. Um, where to be far, far, you're going to put another book on my reading list. I just, I don't know if I can take it. No, but like this, just, this is the thing again, and you can probably tell I'm coming across, but man, this is like in my heart, like at the center of my heart. No, absolutely. Um, I just think it is for the, the, the churches are going to be so much the, the better, Christianity is going to be so much the brighter where those who are leading the congregations are so much the nearer to Jesus Jesus. and to the scriptures. Absolutely. And uh, we just have to, we have to repent and get back to, to that. That would be my, my call from all of this. Anything that you want to add to that? Uh, You know, uh, we we have to take, and talk sin seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can't just write it off as an, a, an old school religious idea. Um, sin is, is real and, and has to be addressed. Um, we have to live biblical community. It really does flow right out of the elder role and taking that noble task seriously. But yeah. um, insofar as we're just loose connections of people and the, and we're not living in community, um, we make it that much easier to not hold people accountable, um, to not take our call seriously. I mean, if, if all we are is connecting, you know, it's a greeting on Sunday, then what real responsibility and accountability can we have for, for those in our body? 
Um, and then finally, I think there's an element of just keeping the fact that Christ is coming, um, is returning. Right. There will be. Right. <laughs> there will be judgment. There will, there will, he, he's coming to vindicate his own holiness. Yep. Um, yes, there's a sense in which, you know, we don't face condemnation, yeah. but we should certainly take it as a call. If we're, if we're willing to, to yeah. wipe, you know, sin under the rug yeah. and kind of avoid it, we, we really should take his second coming, his, his return seriously. Yeah. There are um, going to be some virgins who are over here snoring. Yeah. And there are going to be some holding their lamps up. Yeah. Just barely blinking. Yep. We need to be that second group. That second group. Yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. I think that's it. All right. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely.